And now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's In the Green Room. Green is in, but what does that really mean for you? Join the gang for a fun and energetic half-glass, half-full perspective to what and how sustainability is the lifestyle for the future. It can really affect everything you do, from your health, wallet, environment, money, even your morals. So our goal, to help save the planet one show at a time. Now, welcome to the Green Room. Hello there. Ah! <laughs> is, is it too loud? No, you're Kinga. fine. You're Kinga. And I, you're always loud. It's, it's in the green room, and I'm Kinga. Oh, I'm Briano. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you guys Brian. can already see what type of Brian. show it is. I'm Quita, and you guys know the motto. It's saving, saving the, the planet, planet one show at a time. time. We have... We hey, guys. Welcome back, Craig. Craig. Yes, Craig is back. We missed you. Uh, we really missed you, but we're glad you're here. And Chet. Chet. Well, Welcome, Chet, Chet. Chet is do, having busy. technical difficulties, difficulties. Craig, Craig, is that shirt from Goodwill? Actually, it is. Nice. Nice work. And we have two amazing guests. We, uh, we attended this Earth Day Texas event uh, that's one of my favorite in the world. It, it's the biggest Earth Day Texas in the world, and it's all about sustainability and green. And this awesome dude, Trammell Crow, is the one that started it. And uh, where, where is Trammell Crow? Where is <laughs> where the heck is Trammell Crow? You right? guys will get that joke sooner we or hope later. He's watching tonight because <laughs> it's because of him that we're both here in Arizona tonight. So we're going to introduce you guys to our guests, but we want to tell you a little bit about what the show is about because we are so so excited. I think you all know, and we all are guilty of it. We complain, complain, complain about all the problems in the world and what everybody else is doing. Tonight, we're talking solutions. We're talking solutions that are guaranteed to make a difference on our environment, our bodies, all the way around. No negative. We're all positive. We know what we can do, and we all need to make our, our, do our part. And so, you know, Kinga was talking about Earth Day, Texas. We just got back from Dallas, and we had a blast, and we learned a lot, too. Brian? So, okay, Brian. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, we did learn a lot, Quita. We And we had some good experiences and some bad experiences with food. And uh, <laughs> if you if you look at our Facebook page, and, and we have videos that we did not post, yes. but we might create a blooper page. I'm, I actually have them, Brian. Uh, I've archived them for I, a little bloopers. It's a little blackmail, actually. Well, anyway, but yes, we had the best time, and and uh, wow, we met some great people, including our guests today. And it, for them, because they are not from the United States, they're yes. from. Hong Kong and Australia, and we got them here today. So Trish, uh, Trish Hyde and Doug Woodring. Uh, Doug is from Hong Kong. Can you say hello? I'm so happy to be in the blue room today. Oh, blue? <laughs> yeah, because, because everybody's look, wearing we're, we're you blue. You know what? And we the blue did it is again. for the ocean. <laughs> oh. We hijacked today for the blue room. We did. I we are about it. the ocean. That's kind of smart here. Hello. And Trish, can you say hello? Hello. <laughs> All right, so our first guest, we're going to talk a little bit with Doug, but Doug has his own introduction of music. Brian, Brian's got a little technical difficulty. There we go. Brian's got it. It's the time that I spend alone Sailing on the cool and bright water Lots of those friendly people are showing me ways that great? to go that I never want to lose like their inspiration. 
Look at those All dolphins right. having fun in the water. Time for... Alright, we're not going to make you guys listen to the whole song, especially since you probably don't understand why you're listening to it. So, Brian, why don't you give us a little background as to uh, why we're hearing water and... Well, I, can't, I, yeah. I can't wait to hear what my song is. Oh, it's... Um, you can't leave her out. It's Taylor Swift. Uh, shake it off. Oh, no. Uh, no. We're all it's here. Foxy Lady. We it's fucking all... Jimi Hendrix, Foxy Lady. No, we're all, we're all here for the same... same perp- oh, geez, it's still on. Oh, uh, Brian, Brian, Brian. So, you so, have to realize we're live right now. So, And that's what we love. I love, like, when you do something, I want to make fun of you. I love it. Like, when you don't memorize that number correct that people are supposed to call in, I love that because then I, I can tease yeah, you. I got a lot of counseling for that growing right? up. Right? I'm like, guys, how do you feel when people make fun of you? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the whole trip, you guys were making fun of me. That's but we true. were all laughing. That's true. We did. We had a great trip, and we learned. And, I mean, we are all very familiar with what it's like to be sustainable and what we want and the problems in the world. But I would say I came, I walked away from this trip from Earth Day, Texas, I mean, with some amazing things I knew nothing about. I mean, I know plastic is an issue. I know we use way too much of it. I know we litter. Not enough of us are recycling, but... When you actually see, like, we saw all kinds of videos, and it was just amazing what it's really doing. Like, so many of us, I didn't know I eat plastic, not intentionally. I didn't know that either. I was really interested to find out that we need to be more well, careful about plastic. I, I use plastic. I used to use plastic all the time. I'll be honest. I mean, if you ask my son right here, we had a lot of parties, and we used so much plastic. And, and so uh, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've been trying not to use it, and you are making me never want to use it. Well, Doug. <laughs> Doug and Trish are going to dumb it down for us, but yes. it's true. I mean, the the amount of plastic that we actually recycle uh, as opposed to just get rid of it is uh, unheard of. And the oceans and actually your experience today uh, hiking in Arizona, I mean, it's everywhere. So, Doug, will you start and just please help? talk about our hike? That was awesome. Start with the hike. Well, we went on a great hike this morning and uh, at the bottom of the hike, there's a there's a uh, bird's nest, and about one-third of the bird's nest was made out of shredded plastic bags because the bird had mistaken the bags for maybe twigs and things, and it was colorful, and they thought, oh, I'm going to make a nest with this stuff. And so we're getting this you know, integrated into the ecosystem in a way that a lot of us aren't really aware of, and uh, the science is only starting to come around, especially on the ocean. The ocean's a huge place. And it's very hard to go out there and check everything. But uh, there's over 1,200 species in the ocean that are proven to known uh, to be impacted by plastic. And that's from the biggest whale down to the microorganisms. And the land animals are no different. Cats and dogs, you've seen it. Pigs, goats. If it, t- it smells like food, it might, they think it was packaging food. And they think, oh, this is something I can eat. They don't know the difference. And this this is something that has kind of only come in our in our lifetime as mm-hmm. this material is propagated, and it's not a bad material, but it's bad when it gets out there. And tell us how how do we ingest this plastic? I mean, yeah, why is it in our stomach? Well, I wouldn't say it's in our stomach, but uh, <laughs> but, but but plastic when it breaks down, it doesn't easily biodegrade, and it breaks down to little pieces, and then it acts like a magnet for toxins. Toxins don't like the water, so when a, Plastic gets in the ocean, uh, unlike on land when it's on the, on the street side or in, under the bush, 
in the water it gets toxified. So the third-party toxins, if it gets eaten by a little fish, the, the fatty tissue of that fish can suck those toxins off that little piece of plastic. And that's the carrier. So these little pieces of plastic are actually becoming carriers to the toxins. So when you eat the fish and it uh, has bioaccumulation, many, many little minnows all the way up the chain till the tuna, you have that tuna. You might not bite into a chunk of plastic, but you will maybe have something that's toxic, and that's a bit like air pollution or smoking. might not kill you tomorrow, but it certainly isn't supposed to be there in your, uh, in your food chain. So question, do you think the plastic is causing cancer or, I don't know, uh, different kinds of illnesses? Well, there's plenty, on the, there's plenty of studies about how this uh, has caused health impacts. Some of the, the plastic today has is, is been modified from the 70s. But when you, when you look at endocrine disruption, and especially when we, we used to probably put plastic in the microwave a lot and people didn't really know what would happen with heat, uh, you know, that is something that has maybe caused some issues. It's hard to pinpoint, but... Uh, Bottom line, a foreign substance is a foreign substance. It doesn't belong, and we don't know the long-term effects, right? Well, going back to the nest, it was almost like Doug Woodring made this nest out of plastic because it was all colorful pieces of plastic, you know, and uh, if you go on our website. It was a bird. No, a bird made it. (laughs) It was just so ironic. You made it, Doug. (laughs) No, what I'm saying is, I'm saying it was so ironic that it happened to be there filled with plastic. You know, we right. hiked and it was filled with plastic and all these different colors. If you go on our website, uh, in the green room, in the green room dot green, you'll be able to see the video. That's and on our Facebook page. Excellent. Yes. It was just too ironic that there was that much plastic in this nest this morning. Well, the sad thing was, is that I was on the top of the mountain taking a video and Kinga goes sprinting down because she had to go to a meeting and she left me up there. And so I was running down so I wasn't stuck on the mountain. And right when I got to the bottom sweating, there's this bird nest with plastic in it looking me right in the face. And I had to... Hold on. I said, last one at the bottom is a rotten egg is what I did say. And when we hiked, he knew I had the appointment at 10. I said, last one at the bottom. And going up, did you think I was as fast as you? Um, I I knew you were faster. <laughs> you said the right thing. He trained you well. Did now, you, Trish, you wanted to. Did you use to... those uh, high heels to hike today, or what? Higher than high. Whoa! <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so guys, let's talk about some of these solutions because, like you say, and we heard it over and over, we're not getting rid of plastic. And plastic isn't a horrible thing. It's got a lot of benefits to it, but we just have to figure out what, Trish, what the benefits are. No, not the benefits, <laughs> but we need to figure out how we can with live with it and yeah. still, you know, not be harming our environment. Yep. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, plastic does have a benefit. Um, it's got a benefit for logistics. It's got a benefit for flexibility to make sure that you get your product safely um, and fit for purpose. But where we struggle is to actually make sure that the plastic, all plastic, can be recycled. And to do that, you've got to collect it. You've then got to be able to sort it to the various types and then you've got to have a process to get it back into an end market. So it's actually, it, it's like trying to put Lego together but you haven't actually got all the right pieces. Mm-hmm. That makes Well, after sense. seeing the movie at Earth Day Texas that Doug, did you produce it or direct it? Mm. Uh, what, what's the title of your film? Streams of Plastic. After seeing that film, I, I, I really am going to reduce my pr- pl- plastic um, 100%. Well, yeah, and this is all about solutions, and Trisha's here for an actual conference. So we had even no, we had no idea it was even in Phoenix. Right. Yeah. What's, what is it? 
there's a sustainable packaging conference on in Phoenix, um, in Scottsdale. And one of the things you've got to think about with, with uh, packaging is that it takes resources to make. So the resources may, uh, you may think that an aluminium can has a better end of life, but its resources to make it are far more intensive than, than um, other, other plastics or glass, for example. So you have to look at the life cycle assessment of the whole journey for a package. The package also has to deliver the goods economically so that you don't have a huge carbon footprint and it has to deliver so that it arrives uh, because the product is more valuable than the packaging. So if you have a product going to waste, that's a bigger loss to the economy. Uh, So packaging has to be looked at in, in its entirety. So I wouldn't say plastic bad. I would say plastic has a very good purpose, as does glass, as does aluminium. It's all about, and paperboard, it's all about how we use it and how we make sure it isn't one use and that it doesn't enter the environment. Mm. I mean, Doug's completely right. Um, And I can tell you that uh, the short-term impact of a dog finding feta cheese wrapped in plastic is a trip to the vets and a $300 bill. That's right. That's exactly right. So think of plastic in its afterlife. And the afterlife is where we don't want it to go. So if, you, if, if you're, it's a single-use item and it is thrown away and 90% of the world's plastic today doesn't get recycled, the fallacy of recycling and those little triangles on the bottom that says, I am recyclable, doesn't mean it gets recycled because most cities in the world don't have the capacity to handle and recover and sort and clean all of that, especially in the developing world. And that's where a lot of the bleeding is coming uh, from the waste stream when the, the cities don't have the capacity to collect it. They open it, burn it, they put it in a ditch, the rain comes and it goes out. And this is a challenge for all of us mm. you know, around the world and to figure out how to take this valuable material and get it back into the system so it can be used again, even if it's just for a fuel we can't let it get out into the yeah. environment in the afterlife. And you guys should come to Suspack tomorrow. Um, it really is. I mean, they're looking at all Where is of this? the issues. Suspack at, at Scottsdale. Okay. What time? Um, what time? We'll come. Oh, tomorrow morning. They start at 9. I'll be no, there. 8. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're talking Perfect. about all the problems, the issues that each company is trying to solve. And it can be just what adhesive do I use? Because the adhesive can stop the plastic bottle being recycled. Um, really? Oh, yeah. There's a, it's a very, very complex um, art or science, I should say, to actually make sure that a bottle like this one with the sleeve on the outside and then the adhesive and the bottle itself and the cap can actually all be recycled. So there's, there's, there's about 400 people or so working together collaboratively um, from industry and, and, and uh, governments to look at these solutions. It's really exciting. Well, and you bring up a really good point because you're talking about what's recyclable and what isn't. And this is a conversation we've had and we continue to have. A lot of people don't know what's recyclable. You know, some people think water bottles need to go in the recycle bin. And then some people say, well, the top is recyclable and the bottom isn't. And, you know, it's, it is. It really is a big question. You know, some plastic bags are and yeah. some are not. So yep. how do we know what to recycle? I mean, we're talking solutions and we're telling people to recycle. But, you know... Yeah. Well, uh, in the States, you have the um, uh, SPC, the Sustainable Packaging Coalition, and they have uh, introduced a labelling scheme. So you can actually see on the bottle, 
whether the bottle can be recycled, whether the cap can be recycled, um, and that's being introduced um, in Australia. We're doing the same uh, because it's really at the point of disposal that we need to uh, get the right behaviour. We need to be able to say to people, you know, take the top off and put it in, over there or put the whole thing in. We need to explain about contamination because if you've got organics involved with your, with your plastic waste um, that you're trying to recycle, that causes problems as well. So is the bottle supposed to be topless or is the top supposed to be on it? No, seriously. <laughs> well, um, a, a topless bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it, because we had somebody come on the show mm-hmm. and say, if the top's not on your bottle, they will not recycle it. Is that, is that correct? That's not my understanding. Uh, my understanding is it depends what the top's made of. Because that doesn't even make sense to me. If, yeah. if, if the top's not on it, I mean, somebody might lose their top, and then what, they're not going to recycle the bottle? I, I don't understand. Can, can no, you tell they're me? they're going to get arrested yeah. for being topless. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, there's an important angle here with the, ecos- with the animal life, is that the, when the tops get uh, left off of the bottle, it's easier mm. for that bird or animal to actually consume that top. So the, one of the pushes was to have the top on the bottle. Because once it gets to the recycler, they grind it up and they use float sink mechanism. And that's the two different types of material, one sinks and one floats. If you take the top off the bottle and you put it in the water, it will sink. Plastic bottles mm-hmm. actually sink unless they have air in them. Two-thirds of the world's plastic actually sinks. So what we're seeing on our beaches and on our coastlines is the residue of what the planet is throwing back at us. But... There's a huge amount under the water that we don't even know about. Well, and you have a great app to help with before that, that, that pollution gets to where we don't want it. Craig, you have a question. Yeah, I have a question, and this has to do with all this recycling stuff. Now, you mentioned it earlier. Someone said that um, uh, the bottom of the bottle, the bottle itself can't be recycled or, uh, or the top can't, whatever the case is. My big question on recycling is, and this may be an ambiguous question, but how many times can you recycle something before you can't recycle it anymore? Okay, that's a great question. So some, uh, yeah. some, there's a term called upcycling and downcycling. Mm-hmm. So plastic, once you keep recycling it many times, the quality uh, degrades. Uh, there, so, so you can <coughs> downcycle into lower quality uh, products that don't have the same durability. But there's also... Um, additives and fillers that you can add into that to bring some of the value and the quality of that up. Upcycling would be taking a product, uh, even even mundane like a bottle, and turning it into something really cool and sexy that people want to buy, and the value is worth more than the original value of that bottle. But a lot of that space around branding. Okay, so I guess the next question is, maybe I didn't phrase that right, is there, does it ever come to a point where you can't recycle it anymore? Uh, it, there is a point when that happens, so yeah. it, at, it depends that? what that material is. It might yeah. be two times, three times, it might be five times. Uh, so this is where an interesting technology that's coming into the market uh, will make a difference, which is turning plastic into fuel which is liquefying the plastic into a diesel fuel. It's not incineration. So when you're in your fifth use, sixth use of that material, technically now we'll be able to take it into a machine that can turn that into a diesel fuel. But in most of the world where they don't even recycle the first time, 
this is a huge opportunity that's now coming into the market. Are you talking Does about Does it mean that we have to yep. be lazy? Foy. The and Aussies. Not, and, and, the and Aussies. Just, yep. Stuart Clark. You're talking about Stuart Clark and Foy. This yep. is the Foy group who yes. was one of the sponsors of our Plasticity Forum last week okay. in Dallas. He, and I spoke to him yesterday on the phone, and he said that they would uh, be here next month to come on the show. So that's exciting. Foy, Stuart Clark. Yes. I'll have to tell him we talked about him on the show. So I, I remember... At the show, we heard so many different buzzwords, whether it was uh, plastic action or plasticity. Um, I can't say that word, plasticity. Plasticity or plasticity? You really couldn't say that word. I can't say it. Plasticity. Plasticity. Is that correct? Wait, say it again. Plasticity. Plasticity. Okay. All right. Okay. That was big. Important. It's a bit like Plastic yeah. City, but it's plasticity. What is it, though, Doug? So plasticity is an event we, uh, we, we launched five years ago in the, uh, at the Rio Earth Summit, and we've since held it in different countries around the world. It's all about the future of plastic, design, innovation, materials, recycling, all the things that you have to do upstream, not downstream at the ocean, but in our cities, in our towns, in, in our companies – to uh, basically create scaled solutions so that our packaging, like this, uh, like this radio, can be stripped apart and taken apart, and those materials can be sent into recycling the right way. Very easy to assemble things, incredibly hard to take them apart. And most of us don't design for recycling when we're looking at products. And that's a big, that's a big angle, a big yeah. issue. So uh, on your film that was uh, so impactful for me because it was so straight to the point and made you feel so sad about all the waste in the water, what uh, ocean was that? Where, where was that filmed? So uh, let me, if I can just end on plasticity, we are having another forum on May 9th in Anaheim, and this is a business event, but it's all about the innovation. It's like a one-day MBA in plastic sustainability. If you're a brand manager, marketing, uh, CSR, or you're making new products, you will learn so much at this event because some of the top global experts are there. And we're doing another one in Trisha's hometown on November 16th in Sydney, Australia. I'm coming to that one. Oh, good. Be ready. I'm staying oh, with you. Yep, perfect. And I'm going to swim with the sharks. Oh, no. Okay. But back to May 9th. If you're brave. <laughs> but back to May 9th, we are having a special show here. So if you go to the plastic... Plasticity Forum, you need to then fly back and be, or just listen to our show, because we have Wes Clark coming on May 9th, and that's kind of a big deal. And, and Dan Sabin and the Angela from the 100 Club, which is a great cause. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, Doug. You said it's pulling it apart, and we work with, with Goodwill, their premier sponsor. Our favorite place to shop, Goodwill. Yes. And um, they actually are the only folks in Arizona that, that recycle mattresses, right? And they have a machine that pulls it apart. And, you know, it's just stuff like that, just going the little extra mile. Yeah, an entrepreneur wants to develop an app, which I want to hear about the app that you're going to talk about. But come on, it's just simple. I mean, we just, it's about education, isn't it? I mean, are we all lazy? Is that what's going on? Well, we, we just created a new word, actually. And I think there's a term here. It's a, it's a blend between greed and laziness. So greed is uh, often you go to a company or a restaurant or something and say, why are you using styrofoam? You know, why are you using these disposable forks? And they say, well, you know, it's too expensive to use usable cutlery. Someone has to wash it. 
And this is a bit of the greed. It's a bit of the, we're trying to milk every bit of the margin out of this story. And they say, you know, it costs too much. Well, in the end, the cost is us. The mm-hmm. cost is on all of our local communities. The cost is the waste hauling. The cost is the plastic in your park and in your river. And your health. And your health. And if we can fix that, the other one is laziness. There's an inverse relationship between laziness and pride. And if you're lazy, you don't pick it up. You look at it and you say, oh, someone else will get it. The street sweeper will get it. I'm not going to pick it up. Pride is when the kids out there say, this is my town. This is my street, my park, and I care, and I'm going to pick up more than when I walked by and left it there. If you put greed and laziness together, you get graziness. <laughs> I like that. And that's what Crazy. we don't want to be. Well, and, and that's something we were talking about earlier. You were saying people are lazy. And, I mean, it sounds like the technology is there. We're just not doing our part. And you said something earlier. You said it's just not sexy. We're not making it sexy. But so- hold on. Aren't we going to start to inspire people to not be lazy and, and for them to start doing their part and, and for them to start caring, especially starting with the younger kids, right, Quita? Yeah. yeah. But don't forget, sustainability is three parts. It's the environment. It is the community, social, and it's also the financial. So we've got to actually make sure that we've got the right uh, resources available for future generations on all three levels. It can't be a trade-off. And I know our environment comes last on on most scales, so I'm not disagreeing at all. Yeah, no, and I'm not blaming people to be lazy. Part of the problem is that the government systems are not there to have the bins or the place people want to do good, but... They don't have the system and the infrastructure in place. Or the corporates are not playing their role and responsibility in playing a part of the team to get the material back into the system. We did a project in Hong Kong with coffee lids. Coffee lids are plastic, and they never get recycled. But we had a bring-back program with Pacific Coffee there, 30 stores. And if you bring back the lids, you get a free size of coffee. But then the stores stack the lids up. And they use the reversed warehouse system back to the warehouse. So the recycler goes to one spot against a bunch of coffee lids. So and there's now a solution. The materials brought yeah. together. That's and a everyone's winning in that scenario. And that's what in the green room that green is about. We're about solutions and trying to make, make people make those changes and get inspired and not be lazy and feel hope and feel happiness. And that's what we're about. So yeah. come on, let's help this. Doug <laughs> and Trish. Well, well, and it can't be one way, it can't just be. Uh, community with the responsibility, government or industry, it has to be collaborative. I mean, that's what that's what the APC is all about, is about those collaborative initiatives, such as, you know, the Cocos Islands um, off Australia didn't have anywhere to put uh, their facilities. It's basically a sand island. So, you know, their, their refuse had to go somewhere, so we've put in a recycling facility. Um, it is, but it's, it has to be collaborative. Trish, you have a very interesting definition of packaging. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for asking me about my, my definition. Um, I like to explain packaging as a, a male praying mantis. Um, a male praying mantis has a very, very important job to do. And so the, you know, once that job is done, though, his life is pretty much worthless. It's over. So packaging is a lot like a male praying mantis. Because <laughs> it's over. Uh, and... and, and <laughs> He's, deli- he's delivered the goods. That's yes. smart. He's I like that. He's done his part. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. I like that. Smart. That made it sexy. Did why, she make it sexy? Why doesn't, yeah. why doesn't a female deliver the goods? Why is it just a male? Oh, we deliver goods, all right. But, yeah. yeah. 
women do. You stopped her. <laughs> So much, all the time. I agree. Quito, what about music? Is Vanessa coming on soon? <laughs> yes, she'll be up in about two minutes, thank guys. You. Yes. Okay, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're talking solutions. Let's talk some more solutions because I think that's a great idea, Doug. That was something we talked about is people aren't doing the work, but one thing that made people do the work when recycling first started with cans and things is they had an incentive. So incentive is a great thing. And so you're saying the same thing with those caps. Maybe that's something we go to our businesses or something we do. We create incentives, and then people aren't so lazy. Well, it's also, uh, as long as there's something in it for them, they'll take that effort mm-hmm. to do it. And that brings people back into the, into the storefront as well. So if you are doing a bring-back program, you're doing deposits and collection of uh, material and materials at your store, uh, you can get foot traffic and people coming back in and say, I love this store because... You know, this is where I can bring my stuff. I feel good. I get a reward for it, some kind of discount, and that really helps. The main thing with recycling is the cost to get the materials separated in a pure form. And if you, you do have... it, if you do it then uh, yeah. with a consumer bringing it to you like that, then it can stay pure. Absolutely. But you have to have end markets. Um, I've just learned that um, in the U.S. there are a, supple, a couple of uh, areas that have stopped collecting glass because they're not... They don't have end markets for it. And glass is one of the most recyclable materials. Um, And that was just saddening to hear. I'm working here in Arizona. I'm working with the owners and managers of restaurants daily. In fact, Doug witnessed that. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Because I think it's beyond ridiculous that uh, our restaurants here are not recycling. And there are many that are. And um, I'm adding to that list. And I'm working on them daily. So let's go, Arizona. Let's get all that glass recycled, and let's be better about plastic. Right, Doug? (laughs) Doug is exciting about the music as well. (laughs) Deplasticize. So, hey, guys, we're going to take a little break with Miss Vanessa Mendez and Richness with Sassy and Sneak Attack. And I guess we shouldn't call it a break because this is something you want to stay for. And and we love that Vanessa and... Rick, um, I'm sorry, I called you that. Rich, are here because you guys are not just about music. You guys are living the lifestyle that we're talking about. Yep, totally. Yeah. For those of you that are not watching and just listening, Vanessa looks like a supermodel. Uh, She's got this gorgeous hair and beautiful smile, and she's also uh, studying to be a doctor. Yes, yes, naturopathic. I I was going to tell you, share with you guys um, this new uh, skin products I've been using. I wanted to show you. I would love to see. I need to use something organic. See, she's full of talent. She is. (laughs) So one thing about Vanessa, she talked to us and she says, I want to do my part. I want to be natural. And she actually is going to school for to be a naturopathic doctor, right? That's right. All right. So Um, tell us about this product. Also, okay. So yeah, I, there's this uh, new store. It's called uh, Citrine Natural Beauty Bar. And um, I've, my friend works, my friend Lacey works there and she was like, oh, like talking all about it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to check it out. But there's these products, they are all, um, it's like non-toxic beauty and wellness and skincare and makeup and whatnot. But the two favorite products I have right now is this stuff that's called the Problem Solver by uh, May Lindstrom. And like, just smell this for a second. It I smells, would love to smell like, it. I, it smells so good. I'm so into sense. See, here. she said there was a problem and she's got oh a solution. Oh my gosh. Because yes. it's the problem, problem solver. solver. Yes. <laughs> this is relaxing. What does yes. this do? And that's like, um, you know, for so acne good. or different, different things. But it's like a powder and you just like put, you know, a little bit of water in that. And you mix it up and it turns into like a foam. So it's like a mask. 
So I, I use this oh like my a couple gosh. times. What's in this? Smell that. Smell this. that smells great. And that one's called Honey Mud. It's so good. So She's good. explaining to us why yeah. her skin is so gorgeous. Yeah, but you should definitely check it out. Wow. Um, check them out on Instagram um, at Citrine uh, Beauty AZ. Okay. And then also their website is uh, com. We'll so check them saying, out. Yeah, def- definitely amazing products. I, I'm probably forgetting to mention, but they have a lot of different stuff, you know, there that I highly recommend checking well, thank out. you for so. mentioning that. So what are you singing for us tonight? Um, we're going to do uh, our version of a song called Rather Be right. um, by Clean Bandit. All right. <laughs> let's hear what you got. No, 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 no place I'd rather be 
people how they can hear you more yes. and more and more yeah. rich we didn't hear from you how are you being sustainable what part are you playing well the last time i was here i told you that my son and i recycle quite a bit yes and that is continuing on because i feel like we go through a lot of bottled water and boxes of cookies and crackers and cereal Lots going on every single week, so we are stacking that up and making our way over to. Although my apartment complex in Tempe doesn't recycle, and this this is what we've been talking about. Yeah, so it sits in a bag until I make my way over to Vanessa's house, <laughs> where she lives in Scottsdale, where they do recycle. My, my recycle bin. Yeah, Good for you. so I keep Aww. it at my place until I go over to her house. Yeah. And See, that's, that's what, what I like to hear. It's a weekly thing because, you yeah. know, every Tuesday. But you're making that effort, yes. and that's what's huge. Yeah. And you're also getting your son involved, which these kids, we're going to be long gone. You know, we got to get them involved. So that's a huge thing that you're doing. Right. And you made a good point because, Doug, I read something about you when we talked about what are some things you've done. You talked about, well, well tell me what it is because he just reminded me of it, and I wanted to know. You said that you've done your part. Um, it was a challenge you did with students in collecting plastic. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say a great challenge for schools is to have uh, the kids, any age, um, carry all of the plastic that they are going to throw away for one week. could be five days, but put it, in a, put it in a mesh bag, rinse it, dry it, but let them carry it around. Let them feel what they're producing in their waste flow. Make it real. For five days, six days, seven days. Then take it to school and do a big sorting project. You can do mathematics because you got how many pieces. You can sort by color. You can sort by shape. You can sort by type. And then all of a sudden they start thinking, oh my gosh, look what we made. And you can do the same thing maybe a month later and I bet you almost get 50% change. I think we need to approach schools about that. Vanessa, we're going to hear from you guys again, but real quick, tell us, how can people find you? Um, Well, we we perform every Tuesday at Cashmere's World Wine Bar, so that's a good place to check us out live. I was there. With the full band. (laughs) Yes, you got to check it out. I want to tell everybody, not only can she sing like an angel (laughs) and look this beautiful, but when she dances... I've never seen anything like it. She's amazing. <laughs> the dancing's incredible. Yeah. She could just dance and not sing. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great compliment. Yeah. So we'll yeah, hear definitely. a little bit from yeah. you in a, a little, little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but back to you, Trish. Thanks. We want to hear because I don't know how many people out there has been to Australia, but I know I haven't. And I want to know, how does Australia compare to us in our efforts here? Thank you. Um, Australia is, like most developed countries, we are using more and more plastic um, it has become uh, a staple of how we how we uh, survive. Um, it has the benefits, as I've mentioned, but in Australia we've also got really long distances between between cities. So Australia is uh, the sixth largest 
nation in, in the world. Uh, we are the flattest continent um, and the sparsest of density because we've got 24.5 million people in all that space. So we're concentrated in you know, uh, urban centres, um, but even between urban centres, there's a big, a big distance. You know, it, to drive between Sydney and Melbourne takes um, nine hours. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty, there's not many towns along the way. There's, there's some small communities. So, but with that distance, you also have the, the difficulty of what Doug was talking about, that collection and making sure that that collection can then actually be used and, and the logistics are there to actually get it back to where it needs to be. Would so you say it's more sustainable there in Australia than here in the States? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by more sustainable. Do you see more recycling, like when you're here in, in Arizona, as I think, opposed to Australia? I think what I've seen between the two countries is that there is, um, in Australia, I would say there is more consistency in the recycling. We have um, some remote communities that don't have access to those facilities, but generally, um, you know, the majority of Australians have access to a very good recycling system, and. Um, and, and because there's not that much difference between the states, state jurisdictions, um, what I've seen here is that there is a lot of difference down to the council level. Um, and because of that, you've got some communities that don't get um, any recycling services and others that have amazing recycling services. So that's a big difference that I've seen is, is that, um, and I think that does help us. It doesn't mean, you know, we still have the same problem that we collect plastic and not all of it gets recycled. Um, it can be processed, but they're the end markets. Um, and that's why, I mean, I'm going to say it again, the FOI group uh, are, are great because that's going to be an upscaling of, of recycled plastic. But there's also a number of companies that use the plastic and produce uh, everyday <coughs> necessities like you know, speed bumps and uh, park benches. So there are, there's a lot of innovation that can occur if the streams can be collected and used. Well, is, that, is that what you meant? Yes, I do. Yeah. And and well, how are your uh, your oceans? I mean, when you're at the ocean, do you see a lot of uh, plastic, a lot of trash, like in uh, Doug Woodring's uh, film, where the the trash is just floating up to the the beach? We do have really good cleanups, uh, so I don't think we can you know say that any coastline doesn't have an impact of plastic. We have um, very active communities. So in highly populated uh, communities, yes, there, you know, there is a lot of activity to make sure the beaches stay pristine. And they are pretty, pretty damn beautiful beaches. Um, but what we do find, and this happens everywhere, and, and I saw some film, footage of um, in Brazil what happens with their monsoon season. The basic fact is that where you've had uh, uh, materials that, that are deposited and you get water, it gets into the ocean, and then that's what's going to bring it back around. So, yeah, we do have problems with, with, uh, in the waterways. Um, we are not as, as bad as some uh, countries, um, so I, I think we've, we've done a good job on, on our clean-ups, but we do still have the same, the same issues. Um, and when you start talking about the particles getting into the, the ecosystem, that's, that's where you, you know... I like to think that... You know, it's great to talk about Australia versus somewhere else, um, but the the reality is we all use the same ocean. Yes. Yeah, plastic pollution is like air pollution. It yeah, has it's no everywhere. boundaries, exactly. so it will move everywhere. Yeah, you can't just say stop. 
but how do we learn from each other? That's the key. I mean, that's why I'm here, is to learn from others about what is working here. Um, I've seen uh, there's a, a, a company that's looking to do soft plastics uh, recycling at curbside in, in the US. We've done it. Um, we've done some pilots in Australia. So this is actually um, a way to take a current plastic type that is seen as, um, as non-reusable because it doesn't collect easily, um, and by bundling it all into one bag, uh, it then can be recovered at the, at the recycling facility. So that then allows it to be collected as a pure stream and used, which well, is cool. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. We heard some facts, and the average person uses 500 grocery bags a year. Wow. You know, I mean, that, it's interesting. I mean, if we just started using just the same bag and we reused it, threw it in the wash, I mean, we can do that. Think about just starting there. And I think going forward, I think what would be fun to hear is what other small changes can we start yeah. making? Because it is all about education. It's about collaboration. And uh, what's great about this trip is the introductions and the fact that yeah. Doug and Trisha can share their knowledge. And then we can start getting some momentum. So you just brought up a great point, and I have a yellow card to give to, to, to Kita Cuidado. Did and, you key to me? Yeah, I keyed you. Yeah. And also, <laughs> look at look at what you guys are drinking out of. I'm not drinking. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, hey, but I'm going to recycle it. I, I'm glad I'm glad Doug's bringing this up because we should have some glass here mm-hmm. at the station. So and more more recycling, right? I mean, this, this is just it's too easy to to get this stuff, and this stuff will not be recycled here, even though it says recycling. So what, what Brian brought okay, up... Well, hold on. We're, usually Brian brings glass, gla- wine, wine glasses and we have wine. So this time I'm I having water in a plastic what? glass. Where's, the wine? Where's me, the wine? Me and Brian usually usually have wine. <laughs> so one of the things... No song and no wine. One of, one, <laughs> it's the truth. If you want to know sort of a number of, quick number of volume, there's about 8 million tons of plastic goes into the ocean every year. That's the equivalent of five shopping bags per square foot of coastline going around the world every year yeah. that that's mm. kind of what your contribution would be of your 500 bags per right. per person so start thinking about when you buy a banana or an apple and it's wrapped in plastic do you need to buy these things we have to really start thinking have thoughtful thoughtful purchasing and thoughtful procurement engage procurement if you're selling things uh think what you can do to reduce that initial packaging if you don't really need to have it and i was with doug this morning at breakfast and it was really uh exciting to be with him because he noticed every little mistake i'm not gonna say the name of the restaurant you know they had these eggs and they were in these big plastic containers you go from here and you tell them well every single little hard-boiled egg was in its own little uh plastic container and then the the the, the, the bagel came on a styrofoam plate and then there's the of course, the plastic forks and knives and the stirs and the coffee lids. And you've got to be really fast to say no lid and please keep the lid off because they don't have the lid bring back program here yet. But, you know, these kind of things, we're not saying don't get rid of plastic forever because you, you, we can't do it. But we've got to be really smart in the way that we do this. And if you're in the government, if you're buying things, procure as much as you can with recycled content. Raise the recycled content levels so yeah. that when you buy the tabletop or the chair or the computer 
because that will just create the demand for getting the stuff out of the waste stream, and that's the second market that she's talking about. Yes. Well, and, and so many of the things that Doug pointed out today would save that business owner a lot of money. It would save them a lot of money and help our environment. So as a business owner, why wouldn't you want to do that? Food waste is one of the things, though, that you need to think about with plastic um, because not and, – and I have seen a, a picture of a mandarin that has been peeled and then put in a plastic clamshell. That is not the kind of um, food waste pre- uh, you know, uh, measures that you want to look at. Um, the mandarin skin's quite good. The, but when you look at um, – yeah, there's a, a classic story about the uh, cucumber. When it's shrink-wrapped in plastic, it has a 14-day shelf life. When it's not, it has a four-day shelf life. So, and it's interesting, there's been some research in Australia that says that if consumers knew that, then they would be more comfortable with what they were purchasing. So I think part of industry's response is, has to be, when is it reasonable? What's reasonable to wrap and what's not? And, and that, I did want to circle back, Brian, to something you said about what we can all do. And there's a, a waste hierarchy uh, that designers use in, in packaging. And I think it applies equally to what we do as, as consumers. The first is to avoid. So if you can avoid it, you do so. Then it is to re- reuse, because that actually is, is good purpose, then recycle. And then you know, the last option should be final disposal. Well, and you make a good point, because when we say recycle, I think most of us just think throw it in a recycle bin. But that's not what recycling only is. You can recycle things in your own house. Maybe yeah. you bought it for one thing and you use it for another. That's something Brian and I were talking about with Goodwill, one of mm-hmm. our premier sponsors. When we were in Dallas, we had um, it was we ran into these girls and we were talking about Goodwill and they were so excited. I mean, some people think I don't want clothes that somebody else has worn or whatever, but they had a name for it. They had a nickname. It was the wheel. We're going to the wheel. The wheel. They kept saying we go to the wheel, the wheel, the wheel. (laughs) But understand that, yes, recycling means Mm. you can do it yourself. You don't have to look to everyone else to do the work for you. Yep. Okay, so go ahead. And and we as consumers, we need to go to these business owners and these managers and, and the people that work there, like Doug did today at lunch when he said to the waitress, you know, I don't want a straw. I don't want a straw. They're, they're bad for the ocean. And then she came back and she was so enlightened by what he was saying and wanted to hear. Some people don't know. Right, Doug? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be bad about it, but you can, you can just ask and, and you've got to be quick sometimes with the straws these days. But, you know, I'll give even a plug for sustainable seafood. If you ask where your fish comes from mm. and, uh, and, and just asking that question of the waiter or waitress and the chef, it just gets them thinking about if they got that fish from a sustainable source or that seafood. Well, and the other thing is to be vigilant, you know, right? So we learned that there's an app. And if you see, you know, plastic or whatever it may be, you can actually report it. Doug, tell us about that. Right. So the, our movie, uh, Streams of Plastic, is a short movie about our global alert platform. It's not in public yet, but it's about to be out. But our global alert app allows you to report trash hotspots anywhere in the world's waterways or coastlines. So if you're traveling or you're out jogging or fishing and you see a bunch of stuff along the riverbank or floating down the river or on the coastline, just take three photos of it and get it on this map, geotag it, because that information can then be used by other stakeholders in that watershed. And if they don't have the data there, they can't make those decisions on how to manage it, recover it, 
or put booms and nets up at the rivers. And this is a way for citizen science to really kick in and get anyone engaged. Schools can do it. It's already in Spanish. And we want the more that people use this and report the hotspots, the more we're going to get some of this stuff solved at the bleeding end, which is where the water touches the land. We are so lucky. I'm sorry. Go, Quita. Chet had a question. Oh, Chet, yay. Well, I just... um, what kind of a threat is the, like, I forget what it's called, but I think it's called, like, the Great Pacific Trash Bin or something like that. You you must know a lot about that, and just, like, what kind of a threat is that to us? Like, is that going to be affecting us in the near future? Like, are we not going to be able to eat wild-caught fish or anything like that? I don't know, but you probably do. I have been out there. It's called the, 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 the gyre, which is all the big oceans have a circular current, and, and unfortunately, plastic, which doesn't go away easily, has been found out there in the last uh, two decades really accumulating. It breaks down by the sun, and it's not a big island that you hear about. It's not the big island you can walk on, but it is um, everywhere in the water column in small pieces. So it's more like a fog. And Marcus Erickson uh, from Five Gyres talks about it really well. It's like plastic smog in our water so instead of smog in a smokestack going straight up into the air think of the river as the smokestack that goes right into the ocean and most of the flow of our garbage comes from rivers and waterways and that goes out in the ocean and creates the smog and and that will get into the seafood and the fish and it and, you know potentially can cause a problem i think everybody i'm going to repeat needs to see your movie because your movie makes me never want to ever do anything that's going to hurt this uh, in this, this world, in the ocean, and I think every child, teenager, college-age kid that sees your movie is going to be really impacted by it. So tell us the name of it again. It's called Streams of Plastic. We'll put a trailer on your site very soon, and then we'll uh, hopefully yes, you can help us, and you'll see it at some film festival soon. We launched it at Earth Day, Texas. Awesome. So we're going to hear... Um, from Vanessa and Rich again here. And, and hey, guys, we love that you are interacting. I want you to know we do see the comments happening on Facebook because you guys have solutions, too. We've got Kareem Williams Sr. He says, here in Austin, Texas, no plastic bags in our stores. You have to bring your own bags when you go in. Why not do that everywhere? Why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, next song, and then when we come back, guys, we are going to tell you we're going to break it down. Here are some solutions, things that we learned tonight, and we'll continue the interaction on Facebook. Gonna give you a little snippet of uh, an original song called Sassy Swing. Hello, stranger. What's your name? Do you want to dance with me? Let's get down. Have you begging me for more? There's a new thing I like to do. Just watch me close. I'm gonna show it to you. Swinging 
We're in the groove This the rhythm That makes you move If you ain't here To have a good time Don't let the door hit you Where the sun don't shine Now everybody Can do it too Just grab a partner It's real easy to do Kick your feet, twist, turn to the beat. Rock, step, kick, hop, go ahead and sass and swing. All right, twist, twist, kick your feet, twist, turn to the beat. Rock, step, kick, hop, go ahead and sass and swing. Hey guys, it's been a great show. We learned so much tonight. We wrote down just a couple of bullets. We learned use recyclable bags, use incentives, recycle, put pressure on those businesses. And even if it isn't yours, pick it up. We got to have pride. Get the youth involved. Think before you buy. So many others. We want you guys on our Facebook page telling us what you learned. And hey, with your solutions as well, we got to thank our guests, Mr. Doug Woodring, Vanessa Mendez, and Rich Ness, and Trisha Hyde, and of course, our premier thank sponsor, you. Goodwill. Goodwill. And the Goodwill. The thank you so much, Tim O'Neill from Goodwill. We appreciate everything you do for this community. Yes. So, hey, don't forget the motto, guys. Doug, you've got something to say before the motto? Yep. The World Ocean Day is uh, June 8th every year. We have a, uh, a, a program called the Oceanic Big Five. It's the top five sports users of the ocean, surfer, swimmer, sailor, diver, paddlers. Anyone in the world, even if you're inland waters, can go out and do a cleanup around World Ocean Day. Awesome. We'll have all of that on our In the Green Room Green Facebook page. And hey, don't forget the motto, it's Saving, saving the, the Planet, planet one, one Show at a Time. time. Thank you for listening to In the Green Room. Join us here live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. or anytime on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.